Welcome, everybody, to Wii Universe. This is the show where we are playing a different randomly selected game from the Wii U catalog, and then we're playing it, and uh, we're inviting friends, and we're turning into little green sprites, and we're bashing things and tickling them real good. This My name's Steve Guntley, hello. the tickler. Oh, ooh, yeah. interesting twist. I, t- I tickle. Um, this is a cooperative podcast. It is. We, we work together. To provide content and with up to five people, yeah, uh, exactly. I don't. The majority of the time, it's two. It has been a long, long time since we've had five people. Yeah, it, it has happened. It yeah, has I think that Mario was the first parties, Mario party. And uh, when we had the VGA Apocalypse boys on, like uh, oh, that was five of us. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, but very rarely five in the room. Yes. Yeah. Um, only but if us we two, had five in the room, this game would accommodate. It's that. true. It's, it's true. This is an, this is an important podcast in the chronology. Of Ultra 64. Oh, yeah. Um, because we're going to be, uh, you know, sending a bit out to pasture, a love, loved recurring segment. Oh. But um, I think with it mm-hmm. comes a new a new recurring segment because we got to fill oh, that boy. time somewhere. Oh, so, no. Um, I, I, this I has think... not been screened. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I, th- I think it goes without saying. Um, you know, you and I are like highly functional successful people based on like mm-hmm. we have like a pulitzer prize winning podcast yeah um, yeah just got nominated for the hugo award mm-hmm. not so, to mention our webby yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so i think it goes without saying people want to hear our takes and advice on everyday issues Absolutely. so in this particular segment which i'm sure will happen every week and i won't <laughs> forget about it constantly neither um, of us will ever forget about yeah this. exactly um i'm gonna ask you steve yeah what would steve do mm. a real life situation that happened to me okay. and get your take on it. So imagine... And do you want serious advice on this? or do? Well, you once for... you hear the question, okay. you will realize it doesn't really matter. Okay. Um, yeah, I would say if I ask you a serious question, I want a joke answer. And if I ask you a joke question, I want a serious answer. Fair. So you decide which this is. Okay, okay. Um, so needless to say... Because I live at a very high level of tension and anxiety, um, I gri- gri- grind my teeth. Oh, sure. And thus, I have a mouth guard that I wear every night. Okay. So imagine that you are laying in your bed, or if you want to pretend to be me, you're laying in my bed, mm-hmm. um, playing beloved uh, computer adventure game Freedom Force before bedtime. As one does. Um, you have your mouth guard set on the bed, and then you're like, all right, time to wind down. Mm-hmm. So you snuggle down under the cubbies, and you're like, where is that mouth guard? And you look around, you can't find it. And you lift up your cat, who has been laying on the bed next to you for, you know, the hour that you were playing Freedom Force. And you find your mouth guard under the cat. Oh, boy. So now the question is, do you, A, use the mouth guard anyway? (laughs) B, don't use the mouth guard that particular night. Okay. Or C, get out of your nice warm covers to wash the mouth guard and then use it. I mean, okay, if we're... we're Asking me honestly yes. what I would probably yeah. do. I mean, the segment's called What Would Steve Do? Yeah, so. I would probably just skip it for that night okay. because, uh, you know, once I'm snuggled, I'm like, it's hard to get me up. It's, uh, you know, until until the morning comes. I am uh, in that bed and, and I am comfortable. And you're not putting something that was laying under the cat for an hour into your mouth for eight yeah. hours? Yeah, okay. you know, it's one of those things like, you know, I've used mouth guards before. I know the consistency of them and I know the consistency of cat hair. And I know <laughs> that this would kind of be like putting it in a jello mold uh, and a simple, a simple rinsing would not get it completely clean. Okay. You're going to need to do an in-depth job on that if you don't want to have Wookiee teeth. <laughs> Wookiee teeth. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say... That's uh, the name of my new uh, pop-punk band. Wookie, oh, Wookiee teeth. That's a good one, yeah. actually. I would, I would listen 
and the Wookie <laughs> teeth and uh, rock out with, with them at the Vans Festival. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would uh, I would wait till morning and then and scrub that thing out. In the meantime, uh, I'm just gonna wake up with like little stubs where my teeth used to be. Little just, nubs. Just a little exposed. You're gonna use nerves. those things for the new new 3ds. Yeah, and yeah, put, yeah. There put you them go. On the nubs. The uh, the what? Well, wait, the new Super 3ds XL DX Plus. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It has more nubs with OLED screen. That's what people were demanding. They want more nubs. They want nubs all over the back of that thing. They mm-hmm. just want entirely an oops Ooh. all nubs console. That kind of like you that like vi- mental vision kind of gives me the ghiblies. It's a like gross, I, 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 right? I don't, I don't yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, especially if they're like asymmetrical just all over the back of it. Yeah, yeah that it's bothers like me. too too soft, too too many contours. Yeah. Um well, I think that was great for that, that was, uh that first segment. That was a good know, segment. I guess, I guess we'll have to wait and see what segment gets retired after we talk about uh unless you have any updates on what you've been playing, I don't know if. Uh I have an update on what I've been playing. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I It's called The Harp. The <laughs> harp. I've been learning. <laughs> I've been uh, practicing for when I die and get sent up onto a cloud. <laughs> I want to be the first rock star harpist. Like, yeah. I want to play that thing with my teeth while it's on fire. <laughs> like, I think that'll look great. Just... <laughs> um, no, I just, like, just this afternoon started playing a new game called Unpacking, which is kind of a popular uh, puzzle game on the Switch oh, right I thought now. this was your your reveal that you were moving to Colorado. No. <laughs> <laughs> I started playing well, a new unpacking. game. Well, yeah. uh, you, you gotta unpack to, re- to pack. Sure, like, okay. I one. mean, it's unpacked. Yeah, yeah. The house okay. is unpacked. There are no boxes in sure here. but basically it's just kind of like a very loosely structured like indie puzzle game kind of where you are just unpacking and putting stuff from a box <laughs> onto a shelf okay. and uh you need to kind of plan everything out where what goes where and each level is like a different stage in this person's life so the first level is uh you're you're decorating a child's room and then the next level it's a university dorm room and then the next level you move in with somebody you have to figure out how to share your stuff uh. like it is very it's very simple like the rules aren't very well defined uh it seems to be you can put stuff anywhere just as long as it's roughly where the room it's supposed to be and if it's not like in the middle of the floor so like you mostly it doesn't care where you put like little trinkets and stuff but it doesn't want you putting toothbrushes in the kitchen or you know just leaving stuff out so is this like a low stress kind of customize your experience like animal crossing or is it more of a intense like maintenance simulator like papers please it is uh it splits the difference between that it is it is uh very simple in concept but it's also very low pressure it is not it doesn't feel like you're being there's no timer there's no like real pressure to do anything it's just for those who find it soothing to like rearrange or to to unpack to you know and i do find that soothing you know and sometimes you just need to kind of like move stuff around on a shelf a little bit to, to feel like you've done something that day and unpacking uh, recreates that that experience. So I'm enjoying that game right now. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, ten minutes in, we haven't mentioned what game we're playing today. We're oh, playing Rayman yeah, Legends. It's a good one. We had a we had a, a little snafu with scheduling, uh, just because I, I think this is just going to happen. Being in a disc based media from a cartridge base, you know, those cartridges. We had one cartridge break on us the entire. I don't even remember what it was. I don't even remember either. Okay. But we had was it one, Kirby? It was Kirby. Yeah, that was the one show we had to postpone, I think, to to get a replacement. Um, but everything else worked great. Uh, but yeah, the discs are going to be kind of like scratched sometimes. And like, you know, have you ever had luck getting those repaired, like taking to a game store and getting repaired? No, I, Me I, neither. I think I, the problem is um, the scratches that actually pre- prevent a disc from working very well are on like the in like the very small inner ring mm. usually. And like the things that actually repair discs like kind of only buff out the shiny parts. The, yeah, like yeah. the 
the middle they don't get to that middle ring and or like there's a crack for example with right. prevent it playing and like they don't repair cracks they don't repair cracks no, those no. Are, do you remember like in high school they had like the disc doctor thing that was like this bright like purpley fluorescent green thing yeah yeah that you would like put a disc in and like grind it right it was, it was like a little shoe buffer yeah yeah and it would just like come out and seem like way more fucked up than it did initially that's like, always been my experience yeah. so we have we were scheduled to play espn sports connection yeah sorry all sorry, espn sorry. sports connection fans oh man i know i got some angry letters <laughs> yeah. they're like you're playing fucking rayman you yeah. piece of shit uh, yeah, but no, I took it in to get it polished, and that didn't do anything. I bet uh, the polishing yeah. cost was more expensive than just buying the disc. It might have been. It was but, $3, yeah. which I think might have been more than I paid for the game. But uh, in the meantime, I've reordered that game. That came in. It's bad. It works. It's fine. We will have that for you uh, another time. to play this time. pointless filler of one of the best games on the Wii U. Weirdly, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, hey, you know, if we're going to uh, have to rearrange things, might as well be for something that we know we're going to enjoy playing. This yeah. is a game I've actually played before on another console and uh, but this was my first time experiencing it uh, in co-op which is kind of the way it was built to be played i right. think you know so and on the system it was kind of built to be played exactly another yeah. one of those sort of little gold star awards that uh we give to a game that this may be the best way to play it i was gonna say i think uh, this might be the best way to play this game like uh well let's let's get into it a little yeah. bit then rayman legends was released september 3rd 2013 Developed by Ubisoft Montpellier and published by Ubisoft. I don't know why I have to put on an accent when I say <laughs> Montpellier. I'm not even doing a French Otherwise, accent. Otherwise, you, you just, just sound like, like a, a huge, a huge, like just a made-up word. De developed by Ubisoft Mount Pelier. Mount Pelier, yeah, yeah. Montpellier. Uh, I'll have a croissant. <laughs> uh, this was also released on PS3, 360, PS4, Xbox One, Vita, Switch, Windows, and Google Stadia. So wow. uh, there this you go. game has had like. And ironically, for Rayman not having any legs, this game has had like crazy amount of legs. It has. Ubisoft no, it's endured. pushed this game so hard. Like yeah. I remember kind of being disappointed when the new Rayman games were just 2D. Yeah. I'm like, come on, where like Rayman 2 was so cool and big and ambitious. I'm not very interested in playing this platformer. Yeah. And then like every single week, I would get an email being like, hey, game is on sale. Yeah. Rayman. <laughs> Rayman, Rayman Legends. You like Rayman, right? You like that? You like that and Rayman? Like, no, I'm not. I'm, I don't. I don't love Rayman. Um, and then, um, you know, you just read news articles like, "Hey, Ubisoft's giving a game away for free if you sign up on UPlay." You yeah. know what game it is? Rayman. Yeah. You like Rayman? And like, look at, hey, look at him. Look at the little guy. Yeah. Look at him. Look at his little ears. <laughs> He's got little twisty ears. Look at his little lack of arms. Yeah. Oh, look at that guy. Um. So I, <laughs> I, I, I like this. I like the idea. This is just how the entire company Ubisoft talks. Yeah, this is marketing. Hey, I'm gonna check with Michael Rapara and see if that's how they all talk around the <laughs> okay. office. Yeah. They do, They just go over to the water. Go. Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. Hey. You guys play this new Assassin's Creed? Yeah. Oh, it's pretty fun. It's real good. He's real got good. like uh, he's got like daggers under his sleeves. Guys, uh, you guys cool. like that? You like that Far Cry? Like that? Like the new Far Cry? Man, yeah. that that that's a pretty annoying character that we just <laughs> created. Um, Ubisoft Jones. Yeah. So yeah. the point is, I resisted this game for a long time, um, and I'm in some ways I'm glad I did because I felt like I finally got to play it the way it was intended. I think so. I think so. Well, let's let's catch up with our old buddy Rayman. Yeah. Uh, you know, so the first and second Rayman games, both big critical favorites and praises some of the best platformers ever. Uh, Rayman Two, if you recall from our N sixty four series, cracked our top ten. That is our yeah. ninth. Uh, uh, best liked game on the entire system. Yeah, that's, it's that's great. That's intense, and go, that's a fantastic game. Go play some game. Rayman too. Yeah, absolutely, definitely do. Uh, Rayman Three Hoodlum Havoc, however, was seen as a little bit of a letdown. Uh, 
Not a terrible game from what no. I understand, but like uh, it, it came out on the PS2 and Gang- I think I it just got... GameCube. You played on GameCube, yeah. I think it just got overlooked. It definitely got overlooked. I mean, Rayman 2 was like... For all the platformers that are on N64, there aren't a ton that like reach that high standard of quality that right. weren't by Nintendo or Rare. Rayman 2 was one of them, and it was like a ju- like a generation-defining game around that time because it still came out on Dreamcast and was really good there, too. Yeah, yeah. And then Rayman 3 came out, and they're like, all right, this is going to be the whole next step. And the main thing I remember about Rayman 3, aside from the fact I had a good time playing it, sure. is the whole game's like three hours long. It was, the, it was one of the very few times I can remember playing a game being like, that was it. It's over. Right. I want more. Yeah. And yeah, like, yeah. usually I am not a I want more type of guy. I'm no, like, no. Yes, but... I am thankful that that game was only three hours, but like it seemed to end right when it was beginning. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of what I've read about it, too. And so like, you know, Rayman, kind of like all Michelle Ansel characters or, or properties, like critical darling, but never necessarily the biggest sales driver. Right. I think Rayman is the biggest seller of Michelle Ansel's games, but like. Sure. Still, you know, not so much that, like, a poor performing game would cause it to, like, drop into obscurity, you know? Like, it, it could potentially happen. But, uh, so they kind of decided to rebrand it a little bit. And in 2006, they released Rayman's Raving Rabbids. Uh, and that was an early game for the, I think it was a launch game for the Wii, if yeah. I remember. And it was like a waggle-based party game using yep. Rayman and these little characters, uh, little rabbits with big, weird, frothing teeth do and the, crazy eyes. Do the rabbits? Pre or post-date the Minions? They predate the Minions. Okay. And I wonder if there might be some kind of lawsuit going on between them. Because they are very Minion-y, right? Like, yes. they are so Minion-y. The, I sort of, my brain turned around to both of those things at the same time as things I should ignore. Right. And, and so I, I wasn't sure what the what the chronology is. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's going to make a, um, like, you know those pictures of, like, people, like... And fish on feet crawling out of the primordial soup. Sure, sure. It's going to be like... My grandpa. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's going to be like a rabid crawling out and turning into a minion into like a... Uh, <laughs> Into a chipwrecked or something. Yeah, Even what's, though, good? what's the next evolution yeah. of annoying things that just jibber-jabber? Yeah, like, exactly. I guess us, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. You're turning to podcast hosts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Welcome to... I'm... This is brought to you by Blue Apron. So, yeah, you know, that by by 2009, you know, that that game was a pretty big hit, especially, like, most early Wii games were big hits. I mean, that game, like... And it's fun. It's I played that we, one. It really a fun came game. out at the right time and was a good merging of form and content in yeah. the sense that it was hard not to feel like a goofy, like just very silly playing the Wii. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. that game just really leaned into it of just like Aah! yeah, That's shoot really plungers the- at these things. Yeah, yeah, they're they're pretty ridiculous. I'm but- sorry for the noise I just made, but that yeah. is really That's the, what they sound like. That is really the aesthetic of rabbits. Yeah, no, it really is. Um, by 2009. Uh, the Rabbids had kind of just become their own series. Rayman was dropped from the title entirely, so it just <laughs> seemed like there's kind of like a backdoor pilot for these other characters. And now there are more Rabbids games than there are Rayman games, like because they really cranked them out. And then Rabbids got their own TV show, and so some of the games were being oh, based God. on the TV show. So like they they kind of took off in their own different direction. It, it, does Rayman even show up in the Rabbit games at this point? Not I anymore. Mean, I, don't, I don't think okay. so. Uh, yeah, I think he stopped after uh, the first two. So okay. yeah. So the series was kind of stagnating, but it allowed uh, Michel Ansel to kind of reboot the franchise. Uh, so he worked through the French subsidiary uh, studio Ubisoft Montpellier, which was the studio that was kind of created as the Michel Ansel studio. Sure. Like he was in charge of it. This is where he gets to do his stuff. 
And uh, he opted to take the new Rayman game back to its 2D roots. He used a new game engine called UbiArt Framework, uh, which allows you to recreate kind of hand-drawn animations in uh, a game engine. Oh, which sure. Which is really cool. And so he uh, redesigned all the characters using this very vibrant, kind of like Saturday morning cartoony kind of uh, sort of like kind si- of vibe, but also like kind of oil painty. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But it, it moves with that fluidity of like a cartoon. Yes. But it, it looks very, very pretty. Uh, the game was originally intended to be released episodically as a downloadable title, but it was later repackaged as a full retail release. And that game was uh, Rayman Origins. Uh, it came out in 2011. Actually, we're just about at the 10th anniversary of that, yeah. if uh, 302010 is correct. Shout out. <laughs> um, and it, that's a pretty great little game. It's It's been surprisingly influential, I think, on modern platformers. Like, I think games like Guacamelee have that same DNA. Like, yeah, I definitely I, have Guacamelee. Vibe. Yeah, the, the style of this is more like... It, it's about speed, it's about precision, it's about rhythm, and it's about timing. And it's yeah. about having a very agile character. Like, it's pretty forgiving in, you sort of, your character can move around in the air a lot yeah. and jump jump very responsibly off the walls, back and forth. You just Lots you feel of opportunities very to save yourself if you're falling off of stuff. Yeah, so and, it's yeah. kind of like that sort of very fast... A fluid platforming, but put into like the new Super Mario Brothers structure of games. Yeah, like, yeah. Because I feel like new Super Mario Brothers, that innovation, another you know very successful Wii game, yeah. was like, what if you could play Mario Brothers with four people? Sure. And I, I, I mean, we've discussed this plenty. Like, I don't think either of us are crazy about that game. No, but, no, I never um, have been. The four-player mode was like kind of neat, and because yeah. people could drop in and out and sort of float around in a bubble. So if you got to, like, a part of the level that was too hard, you just, like, enter into the bubble, and then your friend completes it, and then you get out. Yeah. Um, And this sort of takes that as the structure to be like, oh, what platforming games want to be now is co-op. Yeah. Um, Which I think maybe my dislike of the new Super Mario Brothers was a reason I didn't rush to this game. Okay, but fair. But I, I, I mean, I think this game plays a lot better than well, new Super Mario Brothers. New Super Mario Brothers feels sluggish compared to these, yeah. like, which is kind of a big uh, detractor for me when it comes to those. Uh, so Legends is a direct sequel to Origins. It was announced in 2012, and it was going to be a Wii U exclusive and a launch title, which would have been kind of a coup considering how few, like, Original third-party IP the system had at the, when it launched. Like did or, did so or, many launch games came out, but most of them were just ports. You right? Know? Did Origins sell well? Oh, uh, Origins did pretty well. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they did well. People were um, aching for a new Rayman. Yeah, at least well enough. Yeah, well enough to justify this. Um, but uh, unfortunately, after Ubisoft's other big Wii U game, Zombie U, uh, was a financial failure. The company lost confidence in the console, and they decided to go multi-platform instead. And this led to lengthy delays so that the team could develop for other platforms. And that upset fans because the game had already kind of been announced as complete and ready to go on the Mm, Wii U. And now it's being pushed back several months so that they can get it ready for other platforms so they could have a same-day release. Yeah, that's pretty lame. Uh, This this allegedly also led to some conflict with the Montpellier studio uh, and Michelle Ansel. And rumors started circulating that Ansel was ready to walk off the project over all of the delays. Uh, and so, you know, Ubisoft kind of paved things over. They gave uh, uh, Wii U players a lot of free demos, like some early access to different characters and stuff like that. But there was still kind of some contentious uh, uh, stuff going on here. But uh, when the game was finally released, it was once again uh, critically acclaimed. Um, but sales were slow. Uh, I mean, because you know, you know you're in trouble when the Wii U version is the best-selling uh, version oh, of yeah. all of these. yeah. 
Um, and the game would wind up being kind of a slow burn hit just because they made it so available and it was uh, on so many platforms. It's on so many platforms and it feels good on pretty much every platform, right. you know, so it's it's not a hard sell. And it looks good on pretty much every platform. Yeah, absolutely. But there's definitely features here that feel very much designed for the Wii U. And I think that a reason that this game uh, didn't really stick initially is it looks very much like Rayman Origins and there's yeah. very little selling of what is sort of new and different here. And right, because like, a lot of the new features were built around the Wii U yeah. and then once it became multi-platform, you can't really emphasize those same features. It's also, I think, imagine I imagine it's pretty difficult to sell a $60 2D platformer yeah. that doesn't star Mario. Like, yeah, there, I yeah. just can't think of many other ones that would, or like some super like renowned character, like, you know, get, get a Metroid game or something. Yeah. Like, that's going to do okay. But something where it's like kind of a B or C trade character, like Rayman, mm. is just, what do you, it's like, what are you selling me on in this 2D game? You feel like you kind of are stuck in like the Gianna Sisters realm, right. where you're like, this is a $15 game instead and of I mean, a $60 one. Keep in mind, the last proper, like, full Rayman title we got was like 2003. So this is almost like a. 10 years later, you know, that we're getting this. And so, like, it, you have to reintroduce the character to new right. players, you know? So, yeah, it, it's a bit of a hard sell. Now, story-wise, I like, the game really de, uh, de-emphasizes the story yeah, it, whatsoever. It, you kind of need to read the manual to figure out. But, uh, you know, so th- the big goal in the first one was, like, just to go back home and take a nap. <laughs> okay. Like, Rayman and his buddies, they've got this tree that they like to sleep in. They were woken up by like some world ending nonsense in the first game. So they went out, they saved the princess, and then they just want to go back to their tree. <coughs> this game opens with them. They're back in their tree. They're asleep, except uh, they've overslept, and it's now a full century later. Okay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they've gone into some kind of weird coma. Uh, thanks Man, to a I curse. I wish I could oversleep and have it be a century later. Right? <laughs> sounds yeah, pretty be, good right now. Yeah, yeah. That'd be a wasteland, but still. <laughs> sure. Um, so the, the main villain from the first game was the magician, which is a great name for a, a villain. I don't know. Sure. Um, but yeah, it turns out he was not dead after the last game. He's still alive and he passed a curse on the whole crew to make them pass out while he split his powers into five little horcruxes called the dark teenies. Now, uh, as the game opens, Rayman, Globox, and their two teensy friends are awakened by Murphy, who is a small little green fairy guy who first appeared in Rayman 2. Uh, he wakes up the group and he tells them to go reclaim these dark things and, like, save the world. It, it's pretty boilerplate it's n- stuff. And it's not well, like, it's not focused on. I No, you it, drop right in with no, there's not even, like, a preamble. I mean, there is a little cutscene, but, like, you don't know who any of these characters are. Yeah. And, like, you, it, and this is something that I appreciate, is it really does just throw you in and start to get a good feeling for the game. Yeah. But it would kind of be nice to know, like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah, <laughs> where, yeah, where yeah. am I? Like, especially because, like you said, it's even though Origins came out, you still want to reintroduce us to the Rayman world. Yeah, absolutely. And the other important addition here is uh, Barbara, the Barbarian Princess, who is kind of like a humanoid character who you rescue early on, and then like every once in a while, you'll encounter special little short challenge levels that you use to unlock one of uh, her princess sisters, which is basically just different skins for the characters. Right. I mean, that's your main unlockable here in general because this is a five-player game, Gasp. Yeah. Um, You you know, they have to give you lots of playable characters. So uh, the first player defaults is Rayman, of course. Second player is Glowbox, who's sort of the... Hulk, bigger hulking sidekick. Yeah. And then there's two lum or two teenies. teenies. Yeah. They're, they, and those two are like 
I, I wish they'd brought in other more interesting characters. Yeah, that I'd... that feels like you have two filler characters. And I know, like, I think uh, uh, it's always a new bu- Super like, Mario Brothers. You yeah, it gives that. you two like, different colored toads. You're like, what right. the hell? Like, like where's give someone a have Bowser capture someone else and let us play as Peach? Right. I mean, yeah, Mario has a deep bench. Like, he yeah. could bring in a lot of people. And totally. Rayman, he doesn't have a deep bench, but we're at the stage of reinvention. You, you can, can invent you can, some new characters. Yeah, and so like, it's pretty welcome when you unlock the Barbarian Sisters because they're fun and look cool. Yeah. But a, the Teensies are small, hence their name. Yeah. Um, and like your characters, I like the way this game looks. Like, yeah. I think in still images it looks really good um but your characters are so damn small they like, are there's which makes the platforming like fit pretty well but mm-hmm. if you're shrinking them even farther to be like teensies they're really small and then there's other levels where you actually shrink them as part of the game mechanic mm-hmm. and it's like oh great i'm platforming as a dot yeah 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah it's it can be hard to see especially with multiplayer like because it pulls out even further yeah. to accommodate and like i don't like the idea of playing as the same sort of sprite as what i'm trying to rescue i yeah. just feel like it might get a little mixed up sometimes. no i agree with that i agree with that um so yeah kind of like origins legends is uh, uh pretty refreshingly clean and straightforward in its approach this is just side scrolling platformer run jump float that's kind of all and and a punch like that's kind of all you yep. get right and the 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 float is just holding the jump button yep. you know the, like well it, it should be very very simple very easy that to pick up that was the fucking up. worst in like earthworm gym where you wanted to use the helicopter oh. head and you had to like oh. tap the button really fast that was it, yeah yeah i could never do it no. i died a lot in that game <laughs> <laughs> yeah go to the world of earthworm gym you die uh, a lot wasn't the the worst fucking level of earthworm gym was where you were in the tubes and you had to get into that little uh, like spaceship with a dome and oh, there the, was the like, behind the back levels like the the two, the 3d levels no it was like you are in this dome like submarine flying going through oh. the water and you would like cra- there was this timer yeah. and you would crash against the rocks it was so stressful yeah okay yeah. i remember that one yeah that one sucked <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, I, like we said, the game's basic hook here is just speed, timing, precision. Like, it's all about, there are a lot of levels that are set to music. Like, that's kind of the, one of the, um, selling points of this game is, like, certain levels will culminate in musical rhythm-based platforming. And they'll set it to pop songs. And, like, basically you just need to, like, punch enemies to the beat or, like, run in a certain place. Those seem like they're the last, like, stages of a world. Yeah, yeah, and you get like you know Eye of the Tiger and like the the Black Betty level is really really fun, you sure. know, because like whoa Black Betty punch punch <laughs> whoa jump Black Betty punch punch, yeah. you know, so you get into the rhythm of it. Like there's all kinds of like dragons and fire exploding, and then your your character ends it with a guitar solo. It's it's a lot of fun. Those levels are kind of the best. Black Betty is definitely in my top three Ram Jam songs. <laughs> <laughs> name name two others. Uh, <laughs> hey, we're Ram Jam, and. Uh, Jamming it in Ram-wise. Oh, God. Uh, the, the, yeah. No one, the 70s, no different time. Yeah, no wonder they time. fell apart. Yeah. Yeah, strangely, Black Betty, their most tasteful song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so co-op is also a major element here. And then the other big thing we need to talk about is Murphy. Like, Murphy is the little green guy who come in and help you in, uh, like modify the level and kind of get through certain platformers. And this is done using the gamepad. Okay, well, I think we've, we've jumped the gun ever oh, so slightly. sorry, yeah, we, yeah. Yeah, I want to get into Murphy, but, like, let's take a breath. I think we got a little overexcited with all that talk of Ram Jam. <gasps> ram a <lamb. laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, so the environments here, like... 
again, I like the way this game looks, but it doesn't really give you a sense of like this big world. Yeah. Like the Ray- Rayman 2, you're like, okay, I understand how these levels are connected and you go from one to another. Here you're in this sort of overworld, which is a left to right with just pictures. Like, yeah, it's like on an art easels, gallery. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that you jump into Mario 64 style that then takes you into the world, which then takes you into another gallery mm-hmm. full of stages. Like, I wish this overworld was less bland looking. Like, it, it, it's basically a visual equivalent of a menu. Like, yeah, and it's you have to go multiple steps back. Like if you want to change characters, you have to go back to the main gallery and then go to the heroes level and then jump into a picture to switch characters and then jump back out. And this is where you like when you're here, you're getting bombarded with different things. Like, oh, you just reached a new level of awesomeness. Yeah, there's you like, just unlocked ten new stickers. There's you got a another ton of crud ticket. that they reward you with, and like I. I appreciate in a platformer like having lots of crud to collect. Sure. But they don't make it clear what does what. Yeah. And like the collecting of these teensies, which you'll find, I think there's usually like 11 per level or something. I think it's eight per level. Okay. Yeah, it's eight per level. Yeah. So there's six that are like just strewn about the levels in various spots and cages and you sort of, you know, might, there might be an obscure part of the level that you have to run through to break their cage or, um, but then there's a couple that are like the Donkey Kong Country bonus barrels. Yeah. Where you have to play like a mini game and then you find the king or queen lum. I don't like calling them lums. Those yeah, are the, the lums are the little. Those b- are the pickups in Rayman 2. Those are like the main pickups. I don't even know if the teensies are in Rayman 2. I don't remember, but the lums yeah. are in this too. They're yeah. the little like blips of light that you're picking. They're like but, music notes. Yeah, but that's coins. like the example is you need to f- actually free the teensies to advance. It's not just beat the level. Yeah. It's like. Banjo-Kazooie style, they're your jiggies, so the more you have, you can open new levels. Yeah, yeah. And the lums are just kind of like fun collectibles to unlock stuff. Yeah. And I wish that game made it a little clearer that like, you need to rescue teensies to keep going, and like lums, you know, take them if you want. Yeah, there you get like a ranking and everything at the end of every level and kind of bases like you get a little trophy based on how many uh, of the little lums you can collect. But it's not necessary to advance. The right. little blue guys, the teensies, those are necessary to advance, but the lums aren't. And I think like the teensies are placed in such a way that they're usually pretty obvious. You're not going to have to be exploring the level super in depth, yeah. lot, but maybe for like one or two. And I think this game strikes a good balance of letting you play it very fast and just kind of running through the level. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just sort of never stopping and bouncing and bouncing, which is how I like to play it. Yeah. Um, but it also, it would be fine to, if you were into more a slower paced thing to really explore the levels and um, find all the little nooks and crannies. Secrets. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, there's lots of little things to dig into. I do feel like the worlds themselves are like almost too, they have like too many stages. Because like the mm. first world is just like the Enchanted Forest. And you play like 10 levels that are all kind of the Enchanted Forest. Yeah, that's the thing. There's a lot of content in this game. There are 80 original levels, and plus you can unlock 40 levels from Origins, which is so many. And these are not like short little levels. There's a lot going on in all of these. But they don't, I do feel like their identity kind of blends into each other. I just, for whatever reason, when I think platformers, I often think Donkey Kong Country. Sure. What's so good about those games is that every level has its own unique identity of like, oh, this level has the stop barrels where you like Mm -hmm. shrink all these clay enemies and like this level has the ele- you know the mine carts that you have to go on and here a lot of the levels are just like you're in a jungle and then like okay now you're in a jungle again 
And I mean, they, they do start mixing that up later. Like you said, there are little sections where you can get shrunk down so you can walk through Right, but that's like areas, in the food world, which is, which is cool. Right, which is like two worlds later. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. But I just, I'm not sure that these worlds require like 10 stages in there. Right, yeah. They, they probably could have been pared down a little bit, but I appreciate that there's a lot for us to work with yeah. like if we want yeah, to. Yeah, that, that's a know? weird criticism of like, oh, there's too many levels because they're always fun, but yeah. at some point I'm just like, all right, I'm sick of navigating through this forest or creepy everything is in, like it's like oh enchanted forest or creepy castle yes yeah. we've played many of these well and i kind of wanted to get to one of the musical sections mm-hmm. to like kind of show you one of those and it's the very last level in this 10 level section you know so it, it would kind of take us a long time one nice there. thing that i do appreciate is like as you're um, rescuing teensies, you'll unlock later worlds. You don't have to be like all 10 levels in this forest world before yeah. you have unlocked like world four. And yeah. so you can just sort of jump between them there. No, that is nice. That is nice for sure. All right. Now I got to talk about right. Murphy. You got to talk about Murphy. Murphy's yeah. kind of the big feature for the Wii Nice touchscreen action, son. What's yeah. your What's your name? Murphy. <laughs> Great. Good bit. I think, is that how he says it? No, movie? it's like, Murphy. Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about Robot Cop. Yeah. Great Greatest movie, movie ever made. It, it, might it might be. It's up there. It's, up it's there. really up there. Um, yeah. So Murphy is, uh, like we said, the little green sprite guy. And uh, when you're playing with the touchscreen, whoever the player is that has the touchscreen, if you, uh, you can just touch the center of the screen at any time to turn into Murphy. So I was being Rayman, mm-hmm. and then I disappeared, and I'm just controlling Murphy now. And Murphy can interfere with different switches, and you can cut ropes. He Murphy can... is both kind of invincible and invisible. Like yeah. you don't navigate with him using the using like the control pad or controls. You just poke at the screen where you want him to go. Yeah, yeah. You'll get little glowing icons that'll tell you where to go. Uh, and uh, sometimes, yeah, you can like I said, you can distract enemies by tickling them a little bit. You can uh, drop things on their head by cutting ropes. There was a level in the uh, food world where, like, you have to carve a path through cake that's constantly, like, rebuilding itself to let the other player walk through. So, yeah, this is a very, like, weird, interesting, neat mechanic that is really built around the Wii U. And I was at, because, like, basically there's sections, so there's two ways to play it. You can switch to Murphy at any time and kind of just, if you maybe were less competent at a platformer than me, you'd mm-hmm. be like, okay, I'm going to switch to Murphy, and then you kind of just can distract enemies. You're not at risk of falling and dying, yeah. but you can help me through. You can, like, power-ups, drag them to me. Yeah. But there are some parts, even in the one-player mode, where it is necessary that you play as Murphy. Right. Like if you're, And I was like, how does this game work if you're playing by yourself? Because when yeah. we were playing two-player, yeah. two it's like, yes, you were using Murphy to slide away, like, sections of cake so I could move through mm-hmm. or like move elevators up and down. And if you play one player, the computer controls the platforming character. Very it, interestingly. The, the, yeah. Like, yeah, you become just Murphy. And I played this game previously on the PS3 and uh, you just use like button presses in that, you yeah. know? And I think in the PS4 version, you can swipe on the touchpad to like cut things and okay. stuff like that. But on the PS3, you're just kind of uh, tapping context sensitive buttons when they come up. Which is fine. It works, you know? And when you're in the rotating sections, you use L and R to, like, move the screen back and forth. But it's so much more fun, like, when you have those wheel sections to be tilting the gamepad and, like, the other players having to navigate along those paths and everything. I mean, it's the... It's really the dream... Like, this is what co-op games need to be. And they've been done... I mean, I think people have finally cracked, like, okay, if you make a co-op game, you design it for co-op and make that a focal point. But it's, like, about the two characters working together with kind of, like, 
asynchronous gameplay in some way, but still having to cooperate. Yeah. Because otherwise we're just kind of playing the game next to each other. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. And here, when the sections that one of us is playing as Murphy, like, I'm running through the level, and you're, like, very quickly, like, moving platforms to accommodate me, or I'm trying to anticipate. There was one section where I jumped, mm-hmm. and then you, like, moved the platform somewhere else, and mm-hmm. I fell into the lava. Yeah, yeah. But, like, that, those are, like... Sorry about that again. Yeah, sure. But those are, like... <laughs> fun engaging moments because we feel like we're sort of like connecting with each other yeah yeah on pace and you know different different styles like we were kind of just doing it like silently Mm -hmm. and but you could also be like okay now pull this and pull that and like spin this and yeah because there's like a couple puzzle levels where you have to rescue the teensies where you had to like spin around like a spiked area that i was standing in to like reveal where the open platforms were yeah I thought it was really great. I mean, like, I think we talked about this way, way back when we were playing Rainbow Six, which is kind of the last, like, co-op game we covered that really, like, worked for what we were looking for, you know? And and it's, like I remember Battletoads, the new Battletoads. Oh, the new Battletoads. Yeah, Yeah. no, that was good for that, too. But, like, yeah, like you said, I think you don't want to feel like you're just playing the same game next to somebody. You want to feel like everyone's kind of uh, pitching in and doing their own thing to to contribute to get to the end of the level. And this does that really elegantly. Mm-hmm. And like, doesn't you don't lose the pacing of it. Uh, you don't lose the speed of it. Um, you know, a little bit of a, a, a transition when you're going onto the touchscreen, but it's not a long thing. Murphy just needs to come in and high five you, and then you're you're good. And it, it feels nice as a change of pace too, because if you were playing co-op and sort of getting sick of the platformers you'd be like okay hand me that game pad i'm gonna play as murphy for a while yeah yeah and i don't i just i think this game does a really good job of being basically accessible to anyone who would want to play it yeah because you can play it at any speed you have infinite lives and you kind of just respawn right next to where you died yeah but it does feel challenging like a lot of the platformings are at are actually pretty tricky and you feel very competent like rushing through them yeah yeah so you can sort of play it at this high high speed like intense level or you can just kind of wander around these very nicely rendered worlds and you can even if you're playing it with like a younger person or someone doesn't care as much as about games they can just press the minus button mm-hmm. they'll turn into a bubble yeah. similar to new super mario brothers and sort of float through the level and until um, you like tag them back in basically mm-hmm. yeah exactly and you can even just drop press the double or minus twice, and then you're just out of the game for a little bit. Yeah. And, and you can immediately just come back in whenever you want. So, I don't know. It's just like everything here sort of feels like it works exactly the way it's supposed to. Yeah. And, I mean, I can also say from personal experience, uh, load time's not a problem on the Wii U. They were on the PS3. Like, they were, I remember Wow, that is amazing. Long. Usually it Never is the exact happens, opposite right? yeah. of, like, even, I'm sure ESPN Sports Connection had longer load times than this. I mean, that's been a consistent problem yeah. we've come across on this show, and the, the load times here are not intrusive at all. You know, it's also, you know, it's not the most technically complex game, you know, for a 2D, but it looks really nice. It moves really well. Yeah. And it even looks good on the gamepad. Like, there's not a whole lot of loss of resolution. I mean, Rayman currently, like, this has been the last console released Rayman game, but there have been two uh, uh, mobile games released, and they play like this. They're very good, and they look like this. Yeah, I mean, this game almost, like, plays like a runner, like those mobile games where you just kind of tap to make your character jump. Yeah. so it, it, it does accomplish that same sense of speed, but there's a little more depth and exploration to be had here. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I like that the later levels in this start to feel like they're pitched at, like, speed run is like your base level, you know? It's like, and uh, elements are, like, falling off the level or, like, falling in a specific order and you need to wall jump off of them. It takes a lot of precise timing. 
uh, that just makes it feel very satisfying. Like even that's the default stage, but it feels like you're like pretty badass at this yeah. game, you know, like, it, which is great, which is a great way to do it. Um, yeah. Do we have anything else? I mean, there are a lot of different challenge modes. We didn't really mess with those, but they are just kind of short form, like collect three, or collect three teensies and then like move on. Like they're not too bad. And there is a multiplayer like soccer game in here as well. I mean, this game, I, this is one of those tricky games where it's, it's hard to think of like too much to say about it Yeah. because like, I like it a lot, but it sort of feels like you're just kind of, it is what it is. Yeah. And it's, I guess my criticism really for all that it does well mm. is there's not really any sense of sort of story or emotional attachment to what's going on. No. It all moves so quickly, which is something that, you know, again, I applaud in games. I don't, I don't like things dragging, but at some point it would be nice to have like some kind of cutscene or some more differentiation in the levels to feel like, okay, I'm making progress here as opposed to, yeah, like you just crash through one level and you're right into the next and you just, there's not really a moment to take stock of what's going on. And again, I'll hype the musical levels and I feel like those kind of serve a bit of that function. Like at the very least it feels like, okay, here's like an epic little moment of personality kind of like smacked in the middle of this. So we're not like, so it's not just like constant hop and bop. It's like something yeah. to mix things up and make it feel uh, uh, kind of big and different. Yeah, it's like, but those are the moments. It's like those big cinematic moments. There's just not a lot of those in this game. So it's no. like a game you're going to have a lot of fun playing, but just kind of forget about what you're not playing. Right, right, exactly. Okay. Um, yeah, but I don't know. What, do you want to move on to our rankings? Yeah, we can do, we that. We yeah, do that. Yeah, we have a few other things to talk about at the end of the show important, here. Um, important things. So each week we are ranking different games that we have played on this show uh, and adding it to our ongoing list. Do you want to start first? Sure. I'm curious if this will catch you by surprise or not, but oh. um, I'm putting this in number two. Number two. Number two. Ooh, hell yeah. Bumping that's... out, bumping down Super Mario 3D World. Just below um, Mario Maker. Just below Mario. I mean, Mario Maker is like Mario Maker is a whole other type of world and sort of like I wouldn't like go and watch like Rayman Legends speedruns on yeah. YouTube and be particularly entertained by them. Even though they would be very impressive. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's just not that sort of weird creativity that Mario Maker has. But I do think like I can't really imagine a two a cooperative two D platformer um, with like or it's like the two point five D graphics, which is never something I'm crazy about. I can't yeah. really imagine this game being any better for no. like what it's trying to do, and the gamepad co op of being able to control Murphy is feels totally unique. Like I've yeah. never played a game where I can run through on the platforming and you're moving these platforms around with me and then we can just very easily switch and try. It's like, it just, again, it just works very well and it's cool to play a game that feels right on the Wii U. Yeah. Um, I don't think it quite has the personality of Super Mario 3D World because like the Mushroom Kingdom is just sort of so colorful and fleshed out. We all love the Mushroom Kingdom. Sure. Um, but I think that it's like a it's a more fully featured and unique game than Mario 3d world. Yeah. I, I, I might surprise you by also saying this is my number two. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. Uh, reluctantly edging out shovel Knight. Yeah. Uh, still underneath Mario maker. I, do for love me, shovel Knight. I love me some shovel Knight, but I think in terms of, uh, games that make the best use of this console, um, I think it's this and Mario maker so yeah, far, like in terms of like, innovative, uh, intuitive, and fun use of the gamepad. Like, the gamepad does not feel like a chore to play with, nope. which has been a recurring issue we've had so far. Neither of us really want to play with that gamepad. But 
uh, it's a pleasure here. It works yep. great. Uh, it's very intuitive. Like, I think it works too because you're just using the touchpad. You're not trying to like touch things and then like grab the buttons. Right. This wide yeah. set apart thing. You That's know? true. It's, and you never have to look up from the TV to the gamepad. Like, yeah. when you switch to Murphy, you look down at the gamepad, but that makes that very obvious. Yeah. And it also is the kind of game that like, would play pretty well just on the gamepad. It would. No, absolutely. So as much as I love Shovel Knight, I think this uh, Rayman Legends makes just slightly better use of the uh, uh, technology. I think this is the best way to play this game. I think, uh, yeah, this this is one of those uh, Wii U games that you should play on the Wii U. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So if somehow you have uh, avoided the constant barrage from Ubisoft guys of, hey, Hey, have you tried this Rayman game? Hey, yeah, have yeah, you? Uh, it's, it's pretty good. It's, it's pretty fun. Yeah, you, yeah. Get to, you get to jump. Well, I mean, they're right. It is pretty fun. <laughs> it is. And uh, you should play it on Wii U. You should. Absolutely. All right. Uh, I've got some letters. Do you want to do letters or do you want to? No, let's uh, do letters. you okay. got to save the best for last. Absolutely. You know? All right. We have two letters here today. The first one says, on your Resident Evil Revelations episode, Woody asked why there are no games based on the biblical book of Revelation, citing huh? how the apocalypse and all the demons might make a good video game. The Shin Megami Tensei series, which is often about demonic apocalypse, was originally released as Revelations. Oh. Persona 1 was released in the U.S. as Revelations Persona. And there's also a Game Boy Revelations The Demon Slayer. So there's there's a good option for you. Okay. Anywho, since there's usually a question here, <laughs> I think Persona 4 Golden for the Vita would have been really good on the Wii U. What Vita games do you think would have worked well on the Wii U? Thanks, and keep up the good work, and that is from Vince. Thanks, Vince. So I need to access my memory of uh, oh, Vita games I've yeah. played. I mean, like, the only the, the Vita game that I remember, well, I mean, there's a lot. Actually, I that question seemed kind of nonsensical, but now it actually makes a lot of sense. Because, yeah. like, Tearaway on the Wii U would, like, be pretty cool. That'd be great. Tearaway is one of the coolest games on Vita. It is. It's the only game that makes good use of the world's shittiest... Uh, hardware thing of the touchpad on the that back so of dumb. the system it's dumb i don't like it <laughs> no yeah. it's pretty awful no but tearaway is fun no Te- i agree yeah, tearaway is super cool and it would fit very well on the wii u and sort of be able to make different uses of the uh tablet features yeah the other one i remember is uncharted golden abyss yeah which kind of again they re- like tearaway like they make those vita features like cool and like fit in with Golden Abyss, they're like, dust all right, this off. Yeah, yeah, dust this off. You're like, great, this is what I want to do instead of spend time like jumping across giant crevasses. Yeah. Like, blow on your Vita to reveal the puzzle. And you're like, thanks for wasting my time, game. Yeah, yeah. The point is, Golden Abyss, not that good. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I played it. It was yeah. fine. But yeah, it's one of those. It's like, yeah, you could probably skip it. I think my answer would probably be um, Danganronpa, uh, which oh, is yeah. like a visual novel series. But that- is that on Switch? I don't know if it's on Switch or not. It might be. I think that they, I know they repackaged the trilogy for PS4, so you could get like all 500 hours of Have gameplay. Have you played those? I played the first two. Yeah, are they cool? I like them a lot. It's okay. it's. Uh, I mean, I feel like this is one of the. Mean, yeah, it's like he mentioned Shin Megami Tensei. There's a whole certain genre of things that look like a certain thing yeah where i'm just like nope no right. thank you and like Which, i get it like but there's a lot of content out of there and we need to walls our wall ourselves off so at some point uh, sure yeah um, yeah and, and that, like I, I think neither of us are like necessarily big anime guys right. or anything so like that's not necessarily going to draw us in but i heard enough about Rapa. i wanted to check it out i like anything where there's like 
a number, a set number of characters that are being whittled down for one reason or another. Okay. It's why I like Squid Game. It's why I like all kinds of other stuff. So like, it's just a it's a, a a dramatic mechanic that works really well. Is it a is it like a game or is it a visual novel? It's more of a hybrid than most uh, other games that you see like that on the Vita. So it is it is a visual novel. It's very heavily story based. It's a lot about reading. So it's kind of like there's a lot of elements of Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney in there, okay. but and there are courtroom sessions even, and uh, but these are very dynamic. And on the Vita, there requires a lot of like touchpad, not the rear touchpad, sure. sometimes that too, but also the front touchpad, and that's not always very responsive. The Wii yeah. U one would be more responsive for these like timing based little mini games that are in the court sections. Okay, and uh, I think that would be a good series on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So thank you for that question. We have a, another letter. It's unsigned, and uh, I'm not even involved in this letter. Oh, interesting. It says, Lindsay and Woody, uh, <laughs> Humble Bundle has a Leisure Suit Larry bundle until November 24th. If you pay $10, you can get nine Leisure Suit Larry games for PC. Maybe the good next Patreon. So uh, there you go. Well, just to be clear, I don't want to play nine Leisure Suit Larry games. <laughs> I want to pay 10 uh, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give me more. Um, my tolerance to even play, like, King's Quest is very, very low, and yeah. those are the good ones. Right. Um, Have you, I mean, so I, I, think I like my King's about that. Like, Quest I, with a healthy dose of misogyny. Yes, like, absolutely. I, I want to feel I really, gross when yeah, I play I this game. I want King Graham to score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I, I never liked this You know games, who rules, yeah. though? Hmm. Roberta Williams. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, hell yeah. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. Dude, dude, I, I think there's a game called, uh, I think it's called like Soft Porn Adventure or something yeah, like that. Yeah, That was the, sort of early the pre, precursor to Leisure Suit Larry. Was that and, Roberta Williams? Yeah, I think I think It's the a pick, Sierra game. I, I think Sierra. the front cover is Roberta Williams in a hot tub. Really? Which That's is, her? <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, wow, wow, wow. That's so <laughs> right. cool. I did not know that. I've heard of that. I, I think I once bought like a Leisure Suit Larry pack on GOG or something. It yeah. was like the first three games and then Soft Porn Adventures, uh, which is just a text adventure. Like yeah, that's all. One it, of the most it's the least most, sexy thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not even erotic <laughs> literature. It's unless your idea of erotic literature is go north, yeah. go north. <laughs> it is. I, I get off on Zork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always <laughs> cranking it to Colossal Cave Adventure. No, oh, absolutely. <laughs> God, give me that grew. Yeah. Um, what, You've wait, just been eaten by a grew. Ooh, we yeah. were we were dunking on King's Quest, right? Did yes. We, did did we have any more to that? No. No. Okay. Nothing the else. point is, we don't actually want to play Laser Suit Larry, and we don't. Um, but the point is, I know which one has the cruise ship, and Lindsay doesn't. There we go. <laughs> that's the important yeah, takeaway. That's, that's the important thing. That, that's our new recurring segment of dunking on Lindsay in every episode. Exactly. Right. Even if she's not here, we're going to dunk on her. Yeah. Do you think no. that she wrote that email? No, that wouldn't make sense. No, no. Okay. I don't think she writes emails to herself. That'd be weird. That would yeah. be weird. You yeah. got me. Anyway, uh, letter writer, I'm here too, you know. Uh, you didn't like, express you know, the same I, enthusiasm for Leisure Suit Larry that we did. I still haven't. It's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna hand things over to you because we're, we're saying goodbye to a beloved old friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We got uh, so so many letters thanking us for bringing Prince Valiant back into the spotlight. <laughs> um, you know, the fan mail just came in and in, so we decided to... Uh, branch it off into another separate podcast mm. uh so yeah pay attention sometime in the next uh i don't know 30 years maybe when our patreon gets to two grand mm, there um, you go. steve and i'll bounce into a daily prince valiant come <laughs> podcast to be good two grand a day yeah, a day. yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. um so when last we we're gonna you know we're gonna set prince valiant on his own yeah, um, yeah we, we're, we're we, putting we them on the ice them flow thick and thin um we we have Prince Valiant Volume One by Harold Hal Foster, Volume nineteen thirty seven through nineteen thirty eight. Yeah, um, good year. Good, yeah, it's a very good year. 
Um, when we last met Prince Valiant, he had somehow like met up with some mysterious witch in a cave because he like beat up their son. He's then, still in the fence. We yeah, never got him out of the fence. We never got him out of the fence. Um, no. So we're, we're just going to skip a little here. Like I see there's some knights. Uh, he looks like he's getting bucked off a horse. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, you know, he's having all kinds of adventures. Like check out your local library. Like <laughs> it, it, it looks... It looks cool. So we're we going from uh, da, 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 the very last page here, okay. which uh, up in the corner, I don't know why, there's a picture of Santa, and it just says Sir Santa. So maybe so this came out on Christmas Day. Maybe. Somewhere in there, Santa no, became a canonical character. Yeah. No, this is, I mean, admittedly, the king here does kind of look like Santa. Well, sure. But this is, uh, yeah, this is December 25th, 1938. Oh, so. how old were you? <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> negative 50. <laughs> <laughs> Um, All right. Synopsis. So fast does Val ride with news of the Saxons landing that his horses drop. A knight and his lady refuse to lend one of theirs, but Val tricks the knight, lifts the indignant dame from her fat palfrey, and gallops away. The knight in pursuit. I just, I'm a fan of the term, lifts the indignant dame from her fat palfrey. I and don't like, know what it means, but like, it sounds I, cool. They mean dame in like a, an old-timey medieval sense, but this also would have been the era when you would refer to women as dames. Yeah, that's like, ah, true. Ah, that dame's dizzy. Uh, tell that blind tiger to pour me a speakeasy. So we, need some, uh, we need some horse galloping noises here. Steve. Oh, clop a clop clop a clop Now I'll get him, mutters the angry knight. He dare not ride past the palace gates, but Val cannot stop on the polished floors and a tangled mass of guards... Horse and rider slide towards the throne. Wait a minute. Wait. He he. Okay. He rode the horse into the throne room, and then the horse couldn't walk yeah, on the, the floor. Hor- the horse slid on the marble, and so there's just a giant clump of horse and two guards sliding forward. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Mister act- Mister Freeze is in town. Safe. Yeah. I might have guessed, says the astonished king. Who else but Prince Valiant would arrive like that? <laughs> Sure. Uh, <laughs> he does this often. Exactly. He, he can't stop. Like he can't walk it's on. It's him floors. and Jim Carrey from Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> Untangling himself from the struggling heap, Val kneels before the throne. Sire, bring tidings of a Saxon invasion. Oh, I bring tidings. Oh, <laughs> sire, bring sense. me tidings, yeah. damn it! And run to our polished floors, and ruin to our polished floors. Roars the king, his <laughs> eyes twinkling. That's where his priorities are. Nine Saxon invasions have brought less damage to Camelot than one arrival of Prince Valiant. Ooh, I, shade! Look at that! Yeah, wow, that horse really did some damage. Yeah, the king is dragging him. Now, will the Saxons ever damage Camelot? Well, it is defended by good King Arthur. So somewhere in his adventures, King Arthur came into play. So, Wait, was that not the king that we're talking I about? I don't. May, maybe. Okay. All right. Merlin, in what? Sh- Merlin. Oh, it must be. You're right. Mm. Merlin, what shall we do with this knave who butters us with flattery to turn aside our wrath? Can't we give him to the Saxons that he may drive them to madness? Get some get some bread to mop up all this and butter. Then the king arises, all serious, and calls his council of war to make plans for the tenth defense of Britain against the Saxon invader. Next week, the indigent dame. Uh-oh. The indignant. Indignant dame. Yeah. Okay. Is she indigent? Is she indignant? She might find, be both. Find out next week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's hard not to be a little indignant when you're indigent. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, absolutely. But well, you uh, you won't find out won't next find week out. on uh, We Universe. You'll have to you have to go buy the collection for yourself. Absolutely, um, we're we're hanging this uh, way up above the uh, We Universe Stadium. And, retiring uh, the number. We are. We are. Right. Thank you, Prince Valiant. You you've seen you've, us through many good times. Absolutely, absolutely. But uh, frankly, we just don't remember to read you all that often. <laughs> so there you go. There and you frankly, go. it's a waste of everyone's time. <laughs> but don't tell Hal Foster that. Uh, absolutely not. No, he's probably definitely still alive. <laughs> yeah. He was an 85-year-old man when he wrote these. Yeah. Uh, he remembers living in the Arthurian days. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, and thank you once again for bearing with us for the schedule change. I think it worked out for the best. I, I Who knows? Would... ESPN Sports Connection have been number one? Question mark? Well, you know what? We're going to find out in a couple weeks. But first, next week, we're going to play a game that people might actually be interested to hear us talk about. ESPN Sports Connection 2. Yes, we're going Connecting out of harder. order. I think if you watch those reverse chronologically, you're going to get a lot out of it. Rock yeah. Band Ram Jam Edition. <laughs> Whoa, Black yeah. Betty. It's on here. Exactly. Wham a lamb. Uh, no, we are going to be That's playing. That's what it says on the back of the box. It's just wham a lamb. In parentheses, yeah. just wham a lamb. <laughs> Uh, next week, we are going to be playing Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess HD. All right. So this is uh, a big Zelda game for a lot of people. This was this was many people's introduction to Zelda, I believe. Uh, oh, that's depressing. Isn't that depressing to think that we're that old? Like, I remember. Oh, I was more trying to, to drag this game. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. OK. All right. We're going to have some hot takes. Well, I don't know. I've played. I mean, spoiler alert. I played this game for an hour and I was still in the tutorial and I'm like, you know what? Gonna play something else. Yeah, well, so. there you go. There you go. Well, we'll see if we can get past that hump yeah. this time around. But uh, so tune in next week. We're gonna be talking some Zelda, some Twilight Princess HD. Uh, do us a favor, head over to Apple Podcasts, oh, yeah, give us a review, give us a rating. A five star rating would be best. Yeah. A nice review would be best. It helps us and it makes us feel like pretty little girls. And I like it's that. True. We need we need that positive feedback to keep going. It's what we thrive on. We do. We do. Uh, absolutely. Tell us tell absolutely. us who your favorite Prince Valiant character is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah, donate to that Patreon. Is it Santa? It might be yeah, Santa. Give us to that two thousand dollars a day goal. <laughs> and then you'll really be swimming in Prince Valiant content. I mean yeah, maybe look, the estate of Harold Foster will sponsor us. <laughs> if if we get to that point, like I'm gonna go full out like production values, everything. Yeah, celebrity voice cast. <laughs> We're gonna live stream us in costume <laughs> yeah i was gonna say, I, I was gonna uh, cast ned Beatty as uh, as val but he's gone sadly so uh, damn it oh we waited too long uh, r.i.p ned Beatty. anyway uh see you next week zelda twilight princess bye everybody